This show is part of the Modern Witch Podcast Network. For more shows like it, visit www.modernwitch.com. Honorum Justitia Sapientia Sciencia. I conjure and command thee, dark lords to the vernacular, summon truth from lying tongues. Fire upon the wicked. The dead of sand in our eyes. Of course I command that truth be spoken. Honorum Justitia Sapientia Sciencia. Honorum Justitia Sapientia dramatic rebirth of the ancient arts of witchcraft. You're listening to the Modern Witch Podcast with Devin Hunter. Hello, witches. It is me, Devin Hunter. It is the first episode of Spooky Season. Very excited. I love, love, love Halloween. It is a very special time of year for all of us. And of course, Samhain is coming up. And speaking of Samhain, I hope that you are joining us during Samhain, actual astrological Samhain, for the official Witches' Sabbath, which happens online. And you can go, you can get your tickets. There are eight amazing presentations, uh, a digital download grimoire, which is really freaking cool. Um, there are like access to special site events and things that go on. We've got a Discord. It's really amazing. We've got Christopher Penzak, uh, Emma Catherine. We've got Sarita De Est. We've got Jason Menke. There is myself. There is Storm Fairy Wolf. There is Matt Oren. And there is Tempest, Laura Tempest Zakroff. All of us are converging to do workshops and rituals that you can take at the privacy of your own home. Uh, you never, you don't have to pay for a, a bus ticket or a plane ticket or a hotel room or anything. You just get to come hang out with us. And we, because of our Discord, we're talking and, and communing with all the time. It's pretty cool. Uh, there's live chat in uh, sessions, and then we do live Q&As afterwards where you get to ask your questions. It's a pretty badass time. So I hope that you are joining us for the official Witches Sabbath. You can go to modernwitch.com for more information on that or witchessabbath.com for more information on that. I want to give a special shout-out and some love to our Patreon because you are amazing. And uh, without you, we would not be able to do any of the cool stuff that we're doing right now. So special love to you. You make the dream work. And, uh, and this is the teamwork. This is this is what that is. That's so pretty amazing. Anyway, I will shut up. Again, my name is Devin Hunter. I have written some books. Please go check those out. I said I was going to shut up, but I'm not going to shut up. I have a new book coming out uh, called Crystal Magic for the Modern Witch that you definitely want to check out. You can find out more information about that by going to modernwitch.com as well. Okay. All right. So, when we come back, we will have Thumper Forge, who is, he's pretty amazing. He's a blogger, uh, and I will put all of the notes and things like that into it. But he's been with Patheos for a while. He has one of the funniest freaking blogs that I have ever read. So, uh, he he had to come on the show. So, anyway, this is Thumper Forge talking to me. We have a gay old time. I hope that you enjoy. So, how are you? How How was your day today? My my day was uh, low key and uh, and involved a lot of naps. That's really impressive. <laughs> I was just impressive say, that you can get nap time in, like period. Like that's that's a good thing. It, it was an unintentional nap. It was I'm going to close my eyes for a second, and suddenly it was three hours later. Yeah, I hate the nap fairy comes and then like hits you over the head. <laughs> yeah, that's my worst. That's my favorite and worst thing ever because I'll lay down and be like, oh, I just need like 15 minutes. I just want to take a power nap. And then it's three hours later, I wake up and I'm like, God damn it. And yes. then it's like, yeah, my whole day's my whole day's ruined. Um, <laughs> so, but so it, for me, when that happens, I'm like, ah, but for you, it seems like you had a, a, it was a good thing. It seems like it was a relaxing thing. Uh, 
It was actually my uh, my boyfriend lives in L.A. and he ended up with an unexpected week off and some flight Aww. credit. So he just showed up quite suddenly. And but then he had to fly out at like five in the morning. Oh, no. So it was stay up till three in the morning. And then I woke up at my normal time for no reason whatsoever. And then just face planted. And then here you are. Yeah. Yeah. So why are why the fuck are you blogging so let's just start with that question let me make everything like because for me i i have struggled over the years and i and i have to say like i've been given i probably should hit record on my native thing um i you know i've been given opportunities to uh do some really cool stuff for some really great blog companies and and i i try and then blah and now we have a plan. Now we know what we're doing. Now I realize like, I am not the one who, who wants to blog. I'm not like, I'm not, it's not my thing. Um, I'd rather podcast. I'd rather make a video. I'd rather whatever. So blogging always feels like this nuisance to me. <laughs> right. But storm loves it. Storm's like, Oh, I will. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'm like, okay. All right. You, you go, you go on with your bad stuff, but it is not my favorite thing to do in the universe. And I often feel it's torturous. So why do you blog? Because you actually have a really fun blog. So like, I have to say like, it's, well, it's a fun you. blog. Why? But like, at least you can make it fun. I got to hand it to you there. Like it is a fun blog to read. So it isn't just like I'm reading, you know, somebody's thoughts on British traditional witchcraft or something. Like it's, it's a good, like hearty, there's, there's good stuff there. Right. Like, and it makes you laugh and you're humorous. So I appreciate that. But why, why waste your talents on a blog? Why aren't you like, <laughs> you know, I don't know, writing comedy or, you know, I don't know. I just, you know, what the well, fuck what- is this blogging about? What started the whole thing was actually a a, a non-occult blog where um, I uh, worked for several years at a leather and fetishware store. And I started blogging just little bits of conversation that would happen at the shop that were just, you know, things that I didn't think people would believe were happening <laughs> and, uh, until my friends would come in and witness it. And I would say, I'm not making this shit up. This is my life right now. And um, I would occasionally kind of delve into occult or witchcraft topics, but for the most part, I just kind of talked about working at this shop. And then um, Mortellus, of all people, uh, mentioned me on their blog and just said, why isn't this person writing for Patheos? And and I was like, I, I don't know. And then Jason Minky was like, why is he not writing for Patheos? And I was like, I'm not sure what Patheos is, but I'm in. And um, that's how I kind of fell into the patio side of it. Um, I I prefer blogging to, like, I don't do a podcast or anything myself uh, because I have just scorching ADD. So um, it it's really hard for me to stay on topic. And when I'm writing or when I'm writing a column or a blog, I can get all the ADD out and then focus it down to what I'm really trying to say. So I, I appreciate being able to kind of keep myself focused that way, or at least create a finished product that looks like I'm like I was not distracted by lint the entire time. Right. Although, you know, lint can be very interesting and it is, I should write a blog post about lint. I've read some blog posts that were, yeah, actually I I read a lint spell blog post Uh, once upon a time. So they exist. They're real. Um, Yeah. It's a, it's a thing. So the transit, I, 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 okay. So for me, I find it interesting that cause you have been a useful, um, experienced person to come to with my gay problems over the over the <laughs> over the pandemic. So when I'm like, is this gonna make my nipple big or is this gonna do something <laughs> weird? Because you you worked for a fetish store, so I'm like, what is this? Like, what is this? You know, because as I'm getting older, I'm 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 getting just more exposed to the world of hey, there's there's a there's a thing you can wear that might make this thing. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. What is this about? So. Oh. I find so I found you a useful a useful uh, uh, companion on this journey, but I have to say, like going from that, like for me, witchcraft and sex, those things have always been. They're just kind of I don't know. It's all part of the 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 juju. Like it's yes. all part of the energy to me. So I don't I don't really see them as separate. I don't I don't belong to a tradition that like works with sex energy in that way. Um, although I know you do. And so I want to, I want to like lean into on this a little bit. So the, what is it about magic and, and sex that you have been able to fuse together in a way that gives you, you know, that confidence as a magician, as a, as just a spiritual person to like, 
that you're you're on the right path because you know so much of this stuff is um it can be really gross it can be really abusive yeah. you know we've all had horrible horrible experiences it can also be like really cool and really empowering and you know i know for me being somebody who i you know survived sexual assault and and had to go through a whole mind fuck with all of that yeah to open up and just kind of realize like, well, wait, 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 like this person like didn't take anything away from me. Like I, like I, what, what did, what, what did I allow this person to take away from me? And then I realized like, oh, it was my, my innocence with sexuality. And that's like mm-hmm. such an important thing. Um, and I'm finding, especially as, you know, uh, I am in a very, very big relationship with this very big polyamorous relationship. Like that innocence is this beautiful thing. Right. And it's absolutely something that needs to be nurtured and cultivated. So I found a lot of healing through sex magic and, you know, storm has his sex magic book coming out. And, but I also find that when I talk about this with people, everybody has their own story. Like, and I don't need, we don't need the graphic details of things. Like we all go, we can all go to (laughs) Pornhub and look at what we want to look up, but I'm talking like, you seem like a very intelligent man. You seem like somebody who is capable of having some really deep existential thought. And so I feel like if you, if you had, if you felt like you were experiencing something that wasn't like genuinely good for you, that wasn't genuinely taking you and your soul to, you know, some place you, you would question it. Yeah. And so what is it about this, this work that keeps you on the path that keeps you feeling like this is a safe place for you and your spiritual development? Well, you know, I um, kind of to, to touch on something you just talked about, I went through some kind of, um, I had some abusive sexual experiences in my past as well. And I also have a panic disorder. And so I would try to push myself to kind of show that I was just as sort of worldly as the people I was around and, and you know, oh, I'm hot leather man too. And then I would get into situations that I didn't know how to get myself out of. Um, and so I did a lot of damage to myself that way. Um, what I, what I ended up doing, and this is my ADD kicking in. Cause you're like, let's talk about magic. And I'm like, no, we're going to talk about rope bondage. Um, is, uh, I, started, I mean, there in some traditions, it's one of the same. Yeah. Touche, touche. Um, but, uh, that's, I started experimenting with rope bondage as a way to kind of learn how to contain my own panic of getting myself into or being in a situation where I couldn't move and I was restricted, but I was with people I trusted and I knew nothing bad was going to happen to me. And um, I was able to sort of transition that into an almost spiritual practice where I had a very good friend who um, I trusted very implicitly and we would just sort of spend afternoons tying each other up and you know practicing our network and stuff and in a very safe very loving encouraging environment um and so that that innocence was there yeah yeah there was there very much was a sense of of innocence and exploration um and that sort of translated into my magical side in terms of learning how to trust people i was working with um so that uh, when I walk into a ritual situation, especially in one of the traditions I practice, that from the outside might look kind of scary and taboo, but I'm walking into it with people who I'm very much on the same page with, and we're able to work together because we do trust each other. And I know nothing bad is going to happen to me and that I'm not going to be, uh, you know, put in a situation where I'm taken advantage of. Um, one thing that I... Uh, because I, I was my the first tradition I was ever initiated initiated into was the Gardnerian tradition, and if you're not used to ritual nudity, it's <laughs> it's it's an experience where you you know all these lovely people that you've been around for a while and they're all very, um, uh, you know, just very normal. They're very you know professionals and business people and educators, and then you're in somebody's living room naked with all of them. Um, it's it's easy to think, okay, it well, can be a little awkward. Yeah. It could be a little awkward, but it's also, you know, I think from a societal standpoint, we think if I'm walking into a room full of naked people, there's going to be an orgy, whether I want there to be or not. And to have that energy and to have everybody, you know, be naked, but it's not a sexual naked, it's sort of an egalitarian naked. 
and then any erotic energy that's that starts cropping up starts going into the work itself versus devolving into sexy time right um and then that's right. what i found when uh i'm in a uh, group right now of where it's all uh, gay men but still practicing with a similar current and you know if i was walking into the leather bar and there's a group of naked guys standing around i'd be like okay this is one thing but when i'm with my brothers in this tradition that erotic energy has a purpose it's not directed at each other it's directed into whatever work we're doing do as i say not as i do are we that generation or are we doing and working on ourselves just as much as we work on the technology that we crave artificial intelligence and the concerns I would say were pretty valid. But the interesting thing about that is, is it valid because that's how we see ourselves? Are we are we looking at them but then really seeing us? That's interesting. Yeah, because I'm part of a gay coven and we don't, I mean, it, the only time we ever get naked is when we're like swimming or we're in the hot tub or something. It's just not yeah. I, in part. And a big part of it was, I think, you know, and I have to say it, I came in later into, you know, the, the brotherhood of the Seder and it already existed and they'd already, you know, done things and stuff like that. So I don't really exactly know what was exactly part of the things before I, I got involved. Cause I never really asked. Um, but at first it was this like nuisance because it was something that Storm and Chaz would do and we had it in our shop. And so, you know, it'd be like every third Sunday or Saturday or something like that. All these guys, all these gay guys would like descend on the store. <laughs> and it was, you know, at first, because especially with, you know, our relationship was new. And so at first it was like, no, I want nothing to do with this. This just seems so lame. And it just, it's not my thing. And I, always had had this fear i was just talking to to um somebody about this uh in an interview i i always had the kind of the fear like i never wanted to be pigeonholed as like a queer spirituality person or anything and so right. i was never really interested in it and my experiences with queer spirituality um were mostly good i mean i, I have to say they were however i also had some really sour experiences with it that was that were enough to like ruin the batch kind of a deal yeah. so i just wanted nothing to do with it and all I knew were there were these like really cute gay boys showing up to my store and I didn't know what they were doing with my boyfriends behind closed doors. So I was like a little jelly bird. And that <laughs> is how that's actually how I got involved was this because they were always like, hey, no, you're more than welcome to join. Like they never, ever made me feel like I wasn't welcome, but I was the one saying, no, I don't want to do it. So I finally was like, OK, well, I want to know what these people are doing. And if they're getting up to something nefarious, then I really want to know about it. Right. And uh, no, they nothing like that was happening. They were, you know, summoning up different versions of Pan and you know, cool shit. And I was like, well, this is fascinating. And so the, you know, and it was really about everyone's comfort level. I Storm and and Chaz are because of their training, they're very comfortable with their bodies, and yeah. um, and it's been good to have that as an example to be around because I am not, you know, I've yeah. got like Midwestern body dysmorphia, like nobody else's business. So it's this, you know, so it's been so healing to have that around, but it was definitely like not my intention. And over the years, it's become one of my, one of the jewels in my life, this, this group of, of men that I get to be with and, and experience great magic with and do, you know, all kinds of fun stuff with. So I, you know, I have a, that experience in my, in my bucket, but we don't even like, there's no there's no naked time like uh, others right. than like, Hey, we're going to go swimming or we're going to go in the hot tub or, you know, and, but there's no, and there's no, like the sex isn't a thing that really happens. So, I mean, it's not like if people want to talk or whatever, but it's just not there really as a, as a current. So it's this wonderful, in a lot of ways, I think, you know, I needed that. I think some of the other members needed it. So it wasn't a, there wasn't a pressure there because I have had some other experiences where you definitely feel pressured to, yes. to do things and to have, um, I mean, let's talk about it. Right. And it, there's, there's some, there's some scary things and some situations that can, we can get ourselves into. So it's one of those things that like, when I hear people talk about them having a gay group in my head, it instantly goes to, Oh, they're all fucking on Saturday night or whatever. And <laughs> here's the thing. 
it's okay if that's what oh, you yeah. think that's fine like there's no like there's really no judgment it's just of course it's just the assumption right absolutely and so um when i hear about that not being the the jive and that not being the thing because so many gay people and queer people don't feel like safe in in a coven situation because there's going to be nudity or there's going to be some sort of sexual thing and and uh I, i've been there as a as a gay man studying you know a tradition like that um so anyway I, i'm just finding your story fascinating it's good to hear that there that isn't a you know this is i want people to know that, that that isn't necessarily the case right like it doesn't mean just because you're even in a tradition that even works with sex magic that that's actually what is the is going to be going on right absolutely you know and it's funny because I've, um i had an experience early on where in my in my first coven which what my gardnerian group um you know we always did our rituals naked and i didn't really think about it but at one point i was sort of questioning it like is it really necessary do we really need to be naked and kind of because you know the universe likes to likes to throw curveballs sometimes like a week later we were doing a ritual where we had some students right they weren't they weren't initiated but they were you know we were getting to know them and so we were going to do this ritual and nothing was really that different except we had our clothes on and i was uncomfortable and itchy and i was all sweaty and my high priestess almost set her peasant skirt on fire and a candle and it was like wow ritual nudity is really efficient <laughs> a lot more comfortable so that became word word yeah, yeah. so you know, even when I'm just doing stuff on my own, you know, when I'm just doing stuff in my per personal practice at my little altar in the corner of my bedroom, more than likely I'm just naked because I'm it's for me, it's almost like a trigger to start moving into a ritual mindset. And, oh, I'm with you on that. No, I'm yeah, yeah all, all my stuff I do naked. But, oh, you yeah. know, I also a Rodian, right? So there's there's that whole you're going to go off in the woods, you're going to get naked, you're going to do things. And that's absolutely. how it's done. Yeah. And, you know, and there's there's uh, a lot of precedents for ritual nudity, um, especially like in Aradia, there talks about that, about being naked in your rights. And part of it is um, that equality, right? Like we're all like if if we're not um, if nobody's wearing anything to display their stature in society, we're all kind of equal. Um, and there's there's a wonderful old wood woodcut from like the 15th century. And I can't think of the name of it. And I will message you at like three in the morning because it'll suddenly come to me. Um, but it's called The Witch's Sabbath. And it's four naked women standing around a little skull. And each woman has a different headdress on. And one is a peasant. And one's kind of working class. And one is kind of, you know, upper middle class. And one's a noble woman. But they're the, they're equal otherwise. They're So there's there's, you know, the message at the time was sort of, you know, anyone could be a witch, like be on the lookout. But from a modern standpoint, we can look at that and say, wow, no matter where they came from in life and what their, what their position was in society, when they're together, they're equals. They're all, they're free from those constraints and they're able to work together as one. Yeah. And so that's, yeah. So I, that's what I get out of the ritual nudity as well, is that we're just kind of casting off society and doing something that is kind of taboo, which is itself very liberating. Oh, no, absolutely. No, and that was, I mean, I see, and my other groups were naked. Like, it's not like a, I, I don't have an aversion to it. Like, and I also, because it, it's, I don't know, I was also a performer and there were, you know, there. I, I feel like everyone's seen me naked. It's just been like, a, <laughs> like, it doesn't bother me in the way that, I mean, I don't want like my nudes leaked online or something like that would suck just because it would be a nuisance, but I wouldn't have the shame in it that I think, other people would and i because i'd be yeah. like well i'm a witch like what do you like okay like that's that's my you know that's my body okay and like it, it wouldn't because it's happened before you know it happened years and years and years ago and it just was a thing where i'm like okay i have no i don't have shame in my body i'm not you know if the fittest guy you know i'm not i don't have the the shape that i, I have a different shape now you know i mean that's yeah. all there but it's not anything that i have felt um and it's that's changed, you know, over the years. That was definitely, you know, I, I did have that, but now I'm just I don't care anymore. So, you know, for me, it's it's okay. And I love being around people who it is okay with. Like it's something it's still shocking. Like, I mean, um, to see, you know, especially being a gay dude, where most of what I see in nudity is is like 
penis, 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 penis. And then to be yeah. suddenly with somebody of the opposite sex and they're naked. And it, it it's obviously like, oh, okay, yeah, no, we're, we're here to do a thing. And it's not that, that thing, right. It's this other thing. So it's, it's, it doesn't bother me if anything, it, it just, it kind of triggers that like, okay, we're here to do some magic. We're here to do some work. Um, and it is that great equalizer. And I've always held on to it. And that's why I tell my students that when we start talking about, it, I'm like, oh, you know, it is the great equalizer and it does kind of force your brain to shift. And, you know, that's something that I think is, is unique to witchcraft because you don't find it in all branches of occultism. Right. Um, but I think it's unique to witchcraft in that it's something that does help us. It is a catalyst for a unique spiritual experience. Right. Absolutely. That's, I think that's something that we have to at least honor and, and kind of appreciate. Right. And so I, and because it is such a hangup for people, especially all, we have all these new witches coming in and, and, you know, everyone's like, Oh, you don't have to get naked. You know, and they, no, you don't have to, you don't have to do anything, but there are benefits to doing this. Right. Um, and even if I tell my, I tell my people, you don't have to do it in front of a room of people. Like you can just do it with yourself. Just get comfortable with your body for you. Fuck everybody else. Like, this is not about everybody else. This is about you feeling comfortable in your own skin literally absolutely and you know i much like you i'm i'm not 100 happy with my body like there's some things about it i want to rearrange i'm like ooh, i kind of wish i had a tan i should probably get that mold checked out you know there's there's all these little things that that uh i would like to see different about myself but if i'm walking into a ritual situation whether it's by myself or with a group of people or a coven if what I'm fixated on is all the stuff I don't like about myself, then I'm not really going to be able to practice any effective witchcraft that night. You know, if I'm not able to get away from that and be 100% present in myself and with the people around me, then it's just not really good. I'm not, not going to do much good. And so, you know, I think you're right. I think that being comfortable in one's body, regardless of what we like or don't like about it, is a big step towards being an effective witch. It's oh, yeah. just this yeah. this is my meat suit and I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. some cool stuff with my meat suit. And yep. and yeah. not it, you know, that's my take on it. No, no, and it's so you know it's a weird thing. I was just talking to the guys about this because for me, like I don't know if it's just I've just gotten older and I'm just you know I'm it's okay now. It is what it is, you know, and I've just gotten mm-hmm. over it. Or if it's because like I am probably the heaviest I've ever been right now. And I don't care. Like, I'm, I'm like, okay, like I want to work on stuff for me just because I, I want to avoid long-term issues and stuff. But uh, I don't have, like, I'm the most comfortable I've ever been in my own skin. And um, right now, and it's a beautiful thing. You know, it took years and years and years of getting there. And I'm like, I don't know if it's just time or if it was uh, experience or, or what, but for me, um, being comfortable in my own skin, I always thought I was right. I always thought I was, but I realized, no, no, like there is something to it about, you know, like in my, in my book, uh, the witch's book of power, there's, there's this whole snake charming ritual where you get naked and you, uh, you dance and you drum up a bunch of energy and you, you pour it into uh, this, this vessel. And that is the one ritual that I get so many comments on, like all the time. It's always people saying, Oh, I did this thing. And it my mind kind of got unfucked. And then I was able to go have this really great sexual experience, or I was able to go take this test. And I was really worried about after doing this ritual. And I thought it was because I was charging my energy up, but I realized there's this other component to it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it's this beautiful th- witchcraft is amazing. And it, and it looks into those weird things that we don't often want to look into, like getting naked, having, you know, a, a sexual energy there that again, isn't there in many, many currents. I will tell you what, what really, got me through the last of the issues I had with my own body was, um, you know, it was because on the witchcraft side of things, yeah, on my weekends, I'm like dancing naked with housewives, right? So on that respect, I was very comfortable with my body. But there was this whole other part of my life, which was the, the gay leather community, where, you know, there are a lot of big, burly, hairy, buff guys, and me. And it was hard not to compare myself to those guys. And through a weird series of events, I ended up one year competing at International Mr. Leather. There's like a whole backstory of how I ended up there. But one of the events when you're competing is called Pecs and Personality, where all the competitors go out on stage in a leather jockstrap and a harness, and that's it. And they, the judges throw a fun pop question at you. And you have to like think on your feet and show how, how witty and sexy you are, right? And 
so I'm surrounded by all these bodybuilders and harnesses and jock straps, and I'm trying my best to like remember to hold my stomach in. And I, it was the one of the most uncomfortable experiences ever. But they threw a pop question at me about geomantic divination of all things because I'd mentioned it on my application, and I fired back with a really witty response and got this standing ovation from the 500 people who were watching me bounce around on stage in a dock strap and harness and to be able to even in that brief moment sort of command a room in the little sack of flesh that I'd been given was incredibly empowering and something that I was able to really take with me so now when I'm in a non-witchcraft situation it's like it's okay to take my shirt off and I don't have the same body everybody else does and I'm very comfortable in it and that's okay. And as long as I'm comfortable in it, it doesn't really matter what anybody else thinks about it. Hey everyone, thanks for downloading this episode of the Modern Witch Podcast. Uh, I just want to say thank you so much to my Patreon subscribers, to the people who are buying merch. Everyone involved in that type of monetary exchange is helping Modern Witch thrive right now. You're helping us produce new shows. Uh, You're covering the cost of making new shows and bringing them on so that we can highlight new voices in the community. You are making sure that there are people who otherwise wouldn't have a platform are getting a platform. And it's all just really freaking cool. So if you aren't already part of the Patreon, if you aren't already getting one of our subscription boxes uh, where you can get crystals and plants and all kinds of cool things delivered to you every month, uh, you totally should go to modernwitch.com and find out more about that. Uh, And again, we have really great merch. I mean, some really fantastic merch. And it's not just stuff that has like our logo on it. I mean, sure, that exists and you'll look fabulous in it. But there's also plus size dresses. There are all kinds of really beautiful occult and witchy designs some fun designs for Halloween. It's it's pretty loaded. So go over to modernwitch.com. There are so many ways that you can support us. And don't forget, a lot of our hosts on the network also have their own Patreons and they also have their own websites. So make sure that you also click on their links on our website and go check them out as well. Thank you so much for downloading. Thank you so much for your support. And don't forget to like and subscribe on whatever podcasting platform you grabbed your podcast from. Uh, make sure that you give us five stars, please. That really does help. It helps other people know that we are a high quality show um, and that we are producing good content that they might want to listen to as well. So hit that five stars, hit that subscribe button, and we will be in your ears as often as we possibly can. All right, back to the show. Amen. Amen. Well, and to that too, like I've, I've, um, I always try to balance my, like when I read, I'll read like two or three occult books and then I'll switch to like a self-help book. Or I'll, you know, and I always tend to read some sort of fiction while I'm doing all of that. And that's just to keep my brain from getting too, you know, stuck in something. And right now I'm reading uh, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Ooh. Have you read this? I have not. So, you know, to be honest with you, it's one of those things where it's like the the dude is, I feel like he was, I was just talking about this. It's okay. Like, was that recorded? No, no. The the dude is obviously uh, trained by... um, what is that guy's name? He's the big Tony Robbins. And because Tony Robbins has like this particular technique where he's very kind of crass and in your face. And Mm -hmm. it's meant to shock you out of your, your uh, state of panic and victimhood. And Mm -hmm. so, and it, and he doesn't, you know, victimhood isn't a bad thing necessarily. It's just, it's something we feel. And so it's, you got to deal with it and move through. So, um, so you can tell because he has these moments where he's like, you know, blah, 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 blah. And fuck that. And uh, yeah, you know, not everything works out the way you want it to. I never got to see Jennifer Aniston's tits. And I'm like, ah, like any good thing you you've said is this kind of marred by this. So as I'm going through, I just keep remembering this comment about not being able to see Jennifer Aniston's tits. And I'm like, you fucking sick, gross mother. You're obviously this gross, straight guy, you know, like I, so my, my take on it is that I'm, you know, like most things, I'm going to go through it even though I can't stand it. Cause I want to know why it's a number one New York times bestseller and all that stuff. And there is some really good stuff. Don't get me wrong. And yeah. it, it, I'll get to the good stuff here in a second. Um, but it's not something I'm recommending to people, you know, uh, <laughs> I totally understand. Like, don't let people know. Yeah, no, but, uh, but anyway, so there's this, there's uh, uh, in, in all that he's talking basically about this idea that we are, we're trained to give too many fucks, like just by, 
uh, society, by advertising, right? Like, oh, whoa, there's a new TV out. You're trained to, to give a fuck that you don't have a new TV. You're mm-hmm. trained to, and then the result of that is because you don't have it, you feel like a failure. And we don't want to feel like failures, right? So we uh, we end up in these situations that are just very, very, very mind fucking, essentially, right? Like it's this yeah. idea that you're no matter what, if you get into a room of a hundred people and you start talking to 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 them about their lives, there's going to be something that you as a human being are going to envy, and that's going to make you feel like a failure. And so the his whole premise is like to stop giving fucks, like to only give fucks to the things that are actually worth your fucks. And, um, and so I'm here for that part. Like, that's good. That's good advice. Like I'm, I'm totally down that road. Um, but to that point of, of being in a situation where, you know, you can look at, you're in this room full of, you know, chiseled bodies and all these guys that are all big and beefy and burly and, you know, all this stuff. And you're looking around going, oh, I wish I had that. I wish I had this. And I uh, wouldn't it be great to have that. You have all these reasons to look around and feel like you don't add up and mm-hmm. you chose not to give a fuck. And I think Absolutely. that's a really cool thing. I think it's a really cool thing. Because I don't know that I would do it. Like I, that, that stuff scares the fuck out of me. I would, I, I was a dance. I was, a, I was an exotic dancer back in the day. Really? Um, yes. Yeah, so I was part of the nine inch males. I'm not, there was no nine inches <laughs> to speak of, but um, that's that the was, best name ever. That was the group. Then Yeah. Uh, very, very cool. Uh, group. It was very short amount of time, but it happened. Um, and um, you know, so I, but we, you know, where I was, there was no full nudity, like you weren't allowed to. So I, I never had to get in a too compromising of a position really. Um, and everyone there was, was very hands-off anyway. So it, like it was it, for being a stripper, I had a pretty good experience, but the, um, the idea of like doing the leather uh, conventions and all of that stuff, it just intimidates. Cause all I can think of is like, first of all, the testosterone would be yeah. like off the roof. I just imagine everyone smells like poppers and <laughs> that there are little like grease stains, no matter where you go. And so like, that is what I imagine just because of the loop. Like this is, this is where yeah. my brain goes with it. So I, I, and then I will also say like the, you're probably you and my friend, David are probably the only two people I know who've gone to one of these, who go to these things on a regular basis and are chill. Like you don't come off as like this super aggressive Dom type personality that just wants everyone to, to behave and fall in line. And that tends to be the type, like the personality type that I run into when it, when yeah. anybody says the international leather stuff. So I'm like, oh, okay. So, you know, that's always an interest, but it, it just intimidates the fuck out of me. Cause I'm not that guy. Like I am a wimp. I am a, can we just, can we just cuddle and see where it goes? Like, that's me. So like that, any, any overt display of like, you know, that sexual super hyper masculinity stuff just intimidates me. Like it, Mm -hmm. I mean, I, of course I think in a fantasy level, yeah, that can be hot, but I don't, I don't want to be dominated sexually. So like, that's, you know, that's what, so it's just an energy. It's a vibe that usually just kind of, it freaks me out. Like just from a, like I would buckle, like I'd be in a room (laughs) with all these dudes that are like six, four and, you know, have, you know, and I not, you know, like, I just think about that. Cause it part of me is like, I wanted to do that. The other part of me is like, no, you, you really don't want to do that. You know, I got into it because I was told not to. Um, There is uh, in, in Houston, um, Houston, Texas, there is a, a longstanding uh, Levi and leather organization called the Misfits. And I knew a couple of people in the Misfits. And I just sort of on a whim one day, I was like, I kind of might want to join the Misfits and be one of the leather guys. And people were like, oh, no, that's a horrible idea. You're going to put yourself in bad situations. And and I've been uh, sober for a number of years. So people were like, oh, that's going to compromise your sobriety. And I was like, well, now I have to do it. And so I went. I went into it and got and got involved with misfits and like five years later ended up the president of the misfits. I went into it specifically because people were like, this is a bad idea. And I was like, you don't know me well enough to tell me whether or not it's a bad idea or not. And it was accepted. Yeah, exactly. And um, I found actually a lot of a lot of camaraderie and a lot of community and a lot of cool things within the leather community. Um, that ironically my background in paganism had totally prepared me for so you know oh there's a scandal there's intrigue there's you know somebody misappropriated a boyfriend whatever it was i was like i have been through this before 
you know, <laughs> this is like right. all these, all these other clubs. It's like, it's like different Druid groups and covens in the greater Houston area, all fighting over something. Somebody said on Facebook, I have done this. I have been there. I can get us through this. I love it. Well, I mean, you know, it better, it better be worth something. Cause it's a yeah. big pain in the ass. Exactly. <laughs> but no, it was, I got a lot out of it and I learned a lot about myself and I was able to end up in a leadership position that I never thought I could take on. And, but again, though, that's, you know, that's finding a level of confidence in myself that I didn't know existed, which when I move over into occult realms, you know, I kind of need that, you know, I need to be able to yeah, say, absolutely. I am, I am doing the spell and this is the result I'm going to get for my spell versus, Ooh, I sure hope this works, you know, cause that's not going to get me. Yeah. Anywhere. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, so if I can keep 15 leather guys from like not walking into telephone poles, I can cast a money spell. That's it's true. No, that's absolutely. Yeah, that's a good way of looking at it. I, I, I like that. I like that. Uh, okay. So let's talk about your blog real quick. You okay. have, cause again, I love your blog and it's really Thank funny. Um, what is it that you, that like keeps you writing about this stuff and it doesn't, because you know, there's a million other things to write about. There's a million other uh, communities to serve and you're obviously part of other communities. So what is it about the pagan community that, that makes you want to write for a pagan audience? A, a big chunk of it is things that I'm learning that I and like I'm trying to get my brain around them. So I write about them in a way that's sort of like, here's what I'm interested in, and I'm dragging you all along with me while I figure it out. Um, you know, it's uh it's sort of wanting to be in a position where I can educate some other people on some on topics, especially topics that are often misunderstood within greater pagandom but also trying to figure them out myself. Um, I write a lot about chaos magic. And, uh, you know, when I first got kind of interested in that, I didn't really know where, what it was. I was just going to kind of throw myself into it. And I just was like, and you, you, and you, you're coming with me and we're going to figure this out. Um, so that's, that's a big part of what kind of inspires me to write is wanting to not necessarily teach, but to, we're all going to figure this out together. Um, and a big part of it also is, you know, there is uh, a lot of misinformation out in the greater pagan and occult communities. And there are things that have been sort of handed down word of mouth, Facebook group to Facebook group for years that are inaccurate and not true. And there are some things that can really stand to be cleared up. So I try to clear some of those things up in a way that, um, I don't really like calling people out. I don't, I don't like saying this is the correct way to do it or I'm right and you're wrong, but I want to say, okay, here's the information we have. Here's what we can get from that information. Here's the conclusions we can draw from that information. And I want to kind of give some people tools, right? So like if, if, you know, if, if somebody comes at you on Twitter fussing at you about something, you can say, well, no, here's actually what we're talking about and here's the foundation for it and here's the background for it and you know here's a list of, of sources that that back me up um because i don't i i don't like misinformation it it i don't like people getting caught up in things that you know that are ultimately going to fall apart and not serve them at all if that makes sense absolutely and I like yeah. yeah. And so I, I try to, I try to just sort of offer some enlightenment in the areas where I have experience. Um, and, and as of right now, this blog is, seems to be the best way to do that. I've only gotten like a handful of hate mail. <laughs> Consider, you know, considering I some mean, of the things I've talked about, like right. I've only had a, a couple of people just condemn me to hell. So I feel like, you know, I'm batting okay. It could be worse. It could absolutely it could be. be worse. Yeah. Well, but muzzle top to it not being worse because i mean hey who needs that who needs <laughs> but that? the night is young we'll see i'll go through my yeah. spam when i get home seriously oh goodness so if if we were going to like because i'll have your information in the show notes but if you were going to send anybody to like one place to follow you where would that be um you know what i would send people to twitter uh at fivefold law on twitter because i think i say hilarious things on twitter and i feel like i'm vastly underrated on twitter i feel like i should be the twitterati i should be up there um, okay uh, no i heard you're pretty funny you're a pretty funny guy you know and I, I, i'm there for it okay so follow him you. on twitter so that 
we can boost him up into the ranks of the the Twitterati. That's a very important important that, thing. That would and then, the then we have a person on the inside. Absolutely, absolutely. No, I will totally be the double agent on Twitter. That's what we need. Um, I'll, I will get in good with everybody, and then we'll just turn, and the tides will turn. It'll be amazing. Thumper um, will save the world. Absolutely, absolutely. One tweet at a time. One tweet um, at a time. And then the blog itself, of course, is uh, patheos.com slash blogs slash fivefold blog, where I talk about chaos magic and discordianism and and just sometimes just go off on rants about whatever entertains me at the time. General badassery. Well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I, I'm going to change the title to general bad, badassery. I think that's pretty cool, actually. Um, <laughs> I, I might, I may, I may have to change my Twitter handle to that, though. I don't know. It's I'm always looking for new for new handles on Twitter. So. <laughs> i appreciate your handle changes i find them wildly entertaining thank you thank you it is time for a new one though it is and i was just thinking about that it was but it's got to be a good one so what what know. what your curtain what are you you're like partially constructed megazoid i am partially activated megazord yeah and then over the holidays you were regifted teddy bear regifted teddy bear that and one then, stuck with me i promise i'm not stalking you that one just really stuck in my head no storm was like this is a cute and tragic name and i'm like i know i'm cute and there tragic. was a backstory there that was ab- it was very velveteen rabbit it was very yes, like 80s trauma kit film it was yes I was, I was here for it thank you thank you i really appreciate that <laughs> I, I i there are so because there's you know there's few people who who are gonna get my humor in general and like get my you know matt is matt obviously like gets it because we're like literally the same age i think we're just like six months apart so mm. we we have I, I eerily similar humor about a lot of things, which is fantastic. Storm and Chaz have the humor that I, I grew up with, like with like my sister, because they're just a little older than me. So I they're they're very, very gen uh Gen X. Like they're yeah. they're super Gen X, whereas Matt and I are very millennials, you know. And so it's a it's a mixed household here, but we <laughs> we converge because Matt and I are elder millennials, um, or as we like to say, geriatric millennials, because we're like there right on know. the cutoff here. Yeah. Um, we get it because we have so much Gen X stuff. And so anyway, all of this to say, I ended up with a group of people who, who actually can get my humor and not, you know, and it's yes. very important to me because that has not been the case in the past. So anybody who even can appreciate it, like, like you, that's a fantastic thing because it's, it's rare. So, you know, my humor is like, I say something and everybody just stares at me like, what is wrong with you? And then one person laughs and I go hang out with that person. Yeah. No, Chaz is like that. Chaz, he, he, he's very like, he's very quiet. He's very, you know, he's very soft until he's not. And then he's, and it's usually something funny. Like he has a very dark twisted humor that you would never guess coming out of him. Cause he's really, you know, when he's talking to you, he's very sweet and very kind and very bright eyed mm-hmm. and everything. But on the inside he is. Yeah. And there's like no Scorpio on his chart, but he's got that like Scorpio energy about him where he just turns things into a very dark, scary, sad hilarious place and so um yeah I, you, I often actually think because i i sent him your stuff and i'm like this is hilarious so anyway blah, did blah, you blah. know that i actually met Chaz once in 2008 oh no i did I, not i was at PentheaCon, and i was running around having the time of my life and i was in the gay and lesbian hospitality suite and i was just chatting with some people and somebody behind me said uh mentioned carnivalia and I wheeled around and there was this little guy with a shaved head wearing like a velvet top coat. And I said, Did, is, is Carnivalia your website? And he said, no, um, it's not mine. It's actually my partner Chaz's. So I pushed that guy out of the way and I like just almost tackle hug Chaz. And I was like, oh my God, I can't believe you're the, the genius behind Carnivalia. I have one of your Yoni doves and I love it. And oh, your art is amazing. And I just went off on how amazing he was. And he, he was very polite and like a little taken aback by how forceful I was with my admiration. But as I was leaving, somebody was like, oh, here's a flyer for Between the Worlds. And I was like, oh, thank you. And right on the front of it was a picture of the guy who I'd muscled out of the way. And it was like, special keynote presenter, Storm Fairy Wolf. And I was like, I think I screwed up. <laughs> I oh, I no. <laughs> no, 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 no. We actually, we all kind of, because Chaz is... You know, so when I got with the guys, I had no clue that they had their own like little following in their own little worlds. And so mm-hmm. like I didn't know Storm was this big, fancy, well-known um, queer magic person. Like I had no idea. So in, in queer magic circles, everybody knew who Storm was, even if oh, yeah. you know they never met him. I had no clue about this. 
And so I just got with him because I have, I have daddy issues. Right. So I think it like, I mean, come on. I ended up with, uh, that's my, that's my running joke, but it's true. Right. I mean, it's right. real. So the, um, you know, so I just thought he was like this hot magic guy and he was, we connected in this really beautiful, uh, emotional deep way. And I just fell in love with him. So that's, I just, just, that's what I was running off of. And there was no, there was nothing else there, which I think was a big deal actually in the long run. Uh, in the way that we ended up working out because I didn't have that, uh, star crush on him that I would mm-hmm. find other people would get. And I would be like, what? Like yeah. if you had to, you know, if you had to cook him dinner, you wouldn't feel that way. You know, that kind of a joke, you know, that kind of a thing. Yeah. And I would always just joke with them. But then I realized one day when there was a, we were at a festival and this guy came up and he was basically in tears, just getting the chance to meet storm. And he was talking oh, wow. about how, he was in a bad place in his life and then he was reading something storm had done and he started doing these these exercises that storm and chose had written and it like changed his life and i had this moment of like holy shit my boyfriend's like legit like he's like really like this is okay all right i need to take it more seriously and from that day i did but <laughs> it was that thing of like you just didn't you know i didn't know so i didn't have an idea and then one day i was at another festival and somebody um it was a, a big 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 famous pagan who i won't name but they um heard that I was Chaz's partner and they totally like just gushed about how they'd been following him for years and they loved his, his art and his talking boards and like all this stuff. And Chaz just feels like nobody even knows who he is half the time because he's so quiet and stuff. So anytime that shit happens, we all just like sit back and just watch it because mm-hmm. it's like, Oh, Chaz gets to, you know? Yeah. So it, cause he, he's the one that like, I have to say like the, the four of us were very active and talkative, but you'll notice that Chaz is the one that he, when he writes, it's very, direct and when in most of the time he just spends his, his time on art like on yeah. his art and creating and producing and stuff like that so he but so what they don't what people don't know is that he's the one that like we all go to when we have an idea or we're you know thinking about something we go run all that stuff off of him because he's like the you know he's really the he's the one running the, the show here i'm just saying i got you uh, yeah he's he's pretty brilliant so but well you can, you can tell said, him i still have my yanni dove and i treasure it i look oh, at he it will love day. that he will love that he will absolutely because i we're we're looking at injecting some new life into carnivalia right now so i'm really excited and i'm oh I, I'm gonna take, i will I'm promote the hell out of it i'm gonna take this as a guess i'm gonna share that with him and i'm gonna let him know hey we got a sign um <laughs> that's good no because we've literally been talking about this for a couple of weeks now so yay well thank you i will totally share that with him excellent uh all right everybody we will be right back after this break and uh, i'll see you on the flip side all right we have some really cool people in witchcraft just hilarious people Make sure you check out Thumper's blog. Um, make sure that you also get like and subscribe. Five stars, very helpful um, on whatever platform you're listening to Modern Witch. And if you haven't already, check out some of the other shows that are happening on the network because there are some really cool things. Better Witch is awesome, uh, as, as you know, as, you've, as some of you have heard. Um, and of course, Storm just launched his new show, which is called Witch Power Daily, which drops a little exercise that you can do every single day. The episodes range from like seven to ten or seven to fifteen minutes. They're really, really cool. It's very neat. Go check those things out. Like, subscribe, five stars, all that's wonderful. Go to modernwitch.com where you can find more information out about the Sabbath, where you can find more information out about the things that we're doing. Get merch, look at Patreon, check out some cool articles, all of the cool stuff. All right. See you next week. There are forces at work here, dark, incomprehensible forces. Satyrs Incorporated.